and there's nothing you can do to keep God from revealing to you how dearly loved and wanted you are in his kingdom of heaven. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 204. Today's topic is how to pray when you feel unwanted. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you've tuned in to listen today. Recently, I was talking to a fellow who had been told by his parents that he was a mistake. They had not planned to have any more children before he was born. And they constantly reminded him of this over many years, as if it were his fault he was born. And to top it off, his parents never really showed him the loving support and affection his older siblings received. Not too surprisingly, he had carried around this black cloud of not feeling wanted and loved for years. It had affected his whole life in lots of very negative ways. Some subtle, some not so subtle. Over the years, I've met lots of people with similar stories. Before I was married, I knew an elderly woman in Texas, Myrtle, who was the seventh or eighth child in a family all girls except for one son. Before she was born, the father was hoping for another boy, and there's nothing wrong with that, but he constantly told his story, in a joking kind of way, to anyone who would listen, of how he was so disappointed there was another baby girl in the family. He really had wanted a boy. Everyone would laugh, except for Myrtle. She took it to heart and told me she never really felt wanted and how she would try all the time to win her father's affection and respect, with some, but not very much, success. These are just a couple of examples of a wide variety of reasons that people don't feel wanted in this world. Sometimes it could be that a parent abandoned the family. Sometimes a divorce makes a child feel unwanted. The list goes on and on. Of all the people I've met over the years who feel unwanted and unloved, it has often revolved around one or both parents or sometimes a close relative telling them they were a mistake, they should have been the opposite sex, or that they were a burden to the family. Now, sometimes this feeling of being unwanted comes not from a child being told they are unwanted. It may just come because a parent doesn't express love to a child, and the kid decides he is unwanted. Or it can come as an adult when you're treated with indifference or even ostracized at work, in your family, or at church. With all the challenges 
facing kids today or any period of history, sometimes it's hard enough growing up in a home where you are loved. The uncertainties and insecurities, the pull between the desire to fit in with and be accepted by your peers versus the struggle to be your authentic self, not to mention all the other challenges kids and teenagers, well, and even adults, have. All these things are a lot to deal with, as I said, even when you grow up in a loving home. So when you don't feel loved, it can have a big impact on how you see yourself. Now, you may not feel this issue applies to you. If you grew up in a loving and supportive home and never had to struggle with these issues, wow, you have so much to be grateful for. But I am increasingly aware of how many people do feel unwanted to some degree. And one of the worst situations is when someone feels unwanted by God. And believe it or not, there are even some churches which reinforce this attitude. I have heard preachers keep their members in doubt as to whether God really loves them and values them. This usually happens when a church has a very legalistic approach to what it means to be a Christian, and if its members stray one inch outside what the church has decided upon as appropriate behavior, they are told God no longer loves them. But 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 says so clearly, that God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This basically says that it's God's will that everyone be in heaven. And Job made it clear that if God wants something, he does it. This is Job 23:13, referring to God, he is unique and who can make him change? And whatever his soul desires, that he does. So, no person or organization No pastor or church with their man-made theology or misinterpretation of the Bible has the ability or authority to decide who God wants in the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to tell you that God does want you. He does still love you, no matter what mistakes you have made, how others think of you, or what others have done to you. So, if you or someone you know feels unwanted, either by friends or family, by the church, or even by God. Is there a way to heal this? Yes, of course there is. And the more I've worked and prayed with people who have felt unwanted, I've realized that the only real solution is a spiritual one. You just can't find freedom without God's help. So let's talk about a few ideas that can be helpful in casting out this spirit of feeling unwanted. How do we pray about this? Well, instead of talking about where to start this healing process, I'm going to begin by talking about the end result, which is freedom from the deeply held belief that you are unwanted. I'm starting with the fact that at some point, you will find your freedom and be healed. It's important to accept this as possible and, in fact, inevitable just as inevitable as the sun coming up each day. There's nothing you can do to stop the sun from rising in the morning, and there's nothing you can do to keep God from revealing to you how dearly loved and wanted you are in His kingdom of heaven. 
Now, if you're struggling even with a small degree of unworthiness and feeling unloved and unwanted, you may be thinking right now, hey, James, how can you be so sure I'll be healed of feeling unwanted? I've been praying about it for years, and I still carry around this terrible burden of not being wanted and never being good enough. Well, the reason I'm so confident you will find freedom from this burden is because of God's promise in the book of Revelation. This applies to so many things. This is Revelation 21, 4. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. This is a promise of what God does in the new heaven and new earth mentioned in Revelation. Unfortunately, we have been taught and we are convinced that this new heaven and new earth are somewhere way off in the future after we die. But Jesus said from the very beginning of his ministry, this is Matthew 4:17, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he also makes the point later in his ministry, Luke 17:21, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and within you, the promise of no more tears or death, pain or sorrow, talked about in Revelation 21, 4, which I just mentioned, is already here and within you. God has not only guaranteed your victory over these things, but he has already established it. And this includes your freedom from feeling unwanted. Imagine how you will feel when all these tears and emotional pain from the past are gone and the feeling that you were unwanted has no more hold on you. There's a sublime beauty in the moment you begin to realize the past does not define you. Bad things may have happened to you, but they're not part of you. You may have made bad decisions on purpose or accidentally, but they are not a part of who you are. Only God defines who and what you are. I did a whole podcast episode on this, Your Past Does Not Define You, episode 135, and I'll put that link in the show notes. So the question is, how does God define you? How does he see you? Well, it's really quite simple. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. He says, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. He's referring to the worship of idols and graven images. We could sort of fill in the blank with this feeling of being unwanted. Come out from that and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's it, plain and simple. God sees you. God defines you as his son or daughter. And Galatians 3, 26 through 28, reemphasizes this point. It says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's the simplicity of it. You are the child of God, not the label you or the world has put on you. Now, I realize those words, you are the child of God, are easy to say, and they can come across like just words with no real depth behind them, but they are still true. You are the child of God. But as long as you see yourself as a victim of someone not loving or not wanting you, you're never really going to find healing. I know people may have treated you that way, and you may have seen or still see yourself this way. But at some point, and how about right this very moment, you can change the way you see yourself. Now again, this may sound just like hollow words, but stay with me. How do you change the way you see yourself? Well, you can't do it just by sheer human willpower or by trying to convince yourself you're a good person. The only way to really change the way you see yourself is to change the perspective you look at yourself from. And what is that supposed to mean? Well, if you're looking at yourself from the perspective of what has happened to you here on earth, that you are someone who has been mistreated, unloved, and unwanted, and you keep looking at yourself from that perspective, you're going to have a very hard time letting go of the way you identify yourself, and it's going to be hard to change. But if you look at yourself from the perspective of what's true about you in heaven right now, and remember Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand and within you, then you begin to see more clearly that none of those things that happened to you, none of those things people said about you, can ever get into heaven. They have never touched your heavenly identity. That's why Paul could say in Galatians 3.26, you are all the children of God, not the children of circumstance, not the children of the world, not the children of mistakes. You are the children of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 puts it this way, you are the children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no darkness. All is light. On earth, there is a constant shift between light and darkness. So the more you can see yourself as a citizen of heaven right now, where there is no darkness and no one is unwanted, the more you'll find freedom from the serpent's lie that you are unwanted. And here's a point that's crucial to finding your freedom. The serpent, the devil or Satan, the accuser, whatever name you prefer, is the source of this lie that you are unwanted. He whispers it into your thinking, but he cannot make it true. The devil is actually trying to project onto you his own status. It's the devil who is not wanted or allowed in heaven. He attempts to convince you that what is true about him is true about you. He tries to get you to identify with his nature and circumstances, but what comes from the devil is always a lie. Jesus calls out the devil plain and simple when he says, this is John 8, 44, 
He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The next time you hear yourself say or think, I am unwanted, nobody loves me, that's actually the serpent whispering to you. It's the devil talking, not you. Turn that lie back on him. You can say something like, You're right, Satan. You are unwanted. You are unloved. You have no place in the kingdom of heaven, and your lies have no place in me. Be gone from me. Now, there are lots of things that can be helpful along the way to overcoming the feeling you are unwanted. Being part of a supportive community can be a big help in this process, as well as deep contemplative prayer and Bible study. Pray for yourself and ask others to pray for you. If you have dealt with this issue, I'd love to hear what has helped you find freedom. Another important part of the healing process and leaving behind the feeling that you are unwanted is forgiveness. Now, if someone has constantly told you that you were an unwanted child or that you're not wanted at church or work or wherever, it's not easy to forgive them. Forgiveness is often hard and takes many swings of the axe to cut down the tree of resentment and bitterness. When Jesus said we need to forgive 70 times 7, he knew what he was talking about. I know from experience that it takes forgiving someone over and over for what they have done before I can find complete freedom. Now, if you'd like to hear a more in-depth discussion of forgiveness, what it is, and how to forgive someone, I encourage you to listen to episode 18, Forgiving 70 Times 7, How I Forgave My 8th Grade Gym Teacher, and I'll have that link in the show notes. Now, from this title, it's obvious that this particular situation with my gym teacher in 8th grade is not as serious as someone being told by a parent they are unwanted, but the path to forgiveness is the same, whatever the circumstances. Now let's come back to what is true about you in the kingdom of heaven. What is true about the way God sees you? Ask yourself, what is true about me in the kingdom of heaven right now, where there is no more pain, sorrow, or tears? Or better yet, ask God. God, what is true about me in your kingdom? How do you see me in your kingdom right now? This is actually a great question to ask God under any circumstance or any challenge you're facing. And even when you're not praying about a particular problem, but just wanting to get a better understanding of your relationship to God, this is a really helpful thing to do. When you ask God this question in sincere prayer, be ready for an answer. And be prepared for God to tell you things about yourself that may at first seem too wonderful to be true. I would also encourage you to write down this question on a piece of paper, or better yet, in a journal, as if you're writing a letter to God. Remember that, writing a letter to someone? When you wrote a letter to a friend, you expected an answer. When you ask God a question, you can expect an answer. I've been writing these kinds of questions in my journal for over 40 years. It's really a humbling experience to go back and read the answers God has given me over the years to my questions. 
If I hadn't written them all down, I would never have remembered most of them. And that's a key point. Write down your questions, but also write down God's answers. Sometimes when I'm feeling uninspired, lonely and rejected, or just down in the dumps, I'll read something from one of these old journals. There are about seven or eight of them now. I see the things God has told me about myself over the years, how He loves me, how He has guided me, how He has rebuked me, and how He has blessed me. And this always brings me back to the realization that God created me for a reason. I was not an accident that God didn't intend to create, but somehow I showed up anyway. This is true for you as well. You are not a mistake. God created you on purpose for a purpose. God created you because he wanted you to be his child. And you are. Now, that doesn't mean everyone on earth sees this, but God does, and so you can too. God sees you. God knows you. God values you. God loves you. You are a treasured member of his family. And he loves you just as much as he loves everyone else. In fact, if you really want to know how God feels about you, check out Zephaniah 3.17. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I love this verse. It's so comforting. Just think about this for a minute. God delights in you with gladness. He is rejoicing over you with joyful songs this very moment. It's not because of what you have done or not done, right or wrong. It's simply because you are God's dear child, always wanted and loved by Him. Thanks so much for being here today and listening. I'm so grateful you tuned in. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, or if you know someone that might appreciate the message here, please share it with them. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at thebiblespeakstoyou.com. Just click on the contact tab in the menu bar and I'll be in touch. Here's a question that a recent listener sent in. He wanted to know how to find out if there was a previous episode on a particular topic. Well, it's really simple. Just go to the home page of the website and scroll down until you see a search bar. Just type in the topic you're looking for and see what comes up. And you'll see that the search bar is also on every show notes page for each episode. I want to thank you for all the ways you've been supportive of the podcast. I really appreciate it. It continues to grow and reach more and more people all over the world. And I could not do this without your help. Thank you so very much. That's it for this week. Thanks again for being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. And we'll see you next time. God bless.